You will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. You are now tuned into High at Nine News. Thank you for joining to not only get High at Nine with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. I'm me, dopest dad on the street. It is Wednesday, February 22nd, Ash Wednesday. So if you're a Catholic, make sure you bring lotion to church tonight. National Margarita Day or Taco Tuesday, most of us. National Supermarket Employee Day. So make sure you save the extra St. Jude's change. And pass it to the bagger. Show him a little love, right? National Cook a Sweet Potato Day because pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin pie, and everything else, pumpkin is basic compared to sweet potatoes. Bite me. And y'all need to learn that shit. Finally, National California Day because why not? Everybody out there watching, please like, share, hit the subscribe button, and follow us at Hyatt 9 News across all social media platforms. We're live weekday mornings on YouTube. And Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. If you do choose the Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment if the story presented tickles your fancy. Getting things started today, y'all know who it is, the Green Street Bully himself, Mr. I don't owe Gretchen anything more than $100, the industry's longest continuously operating retailer himself, Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone's having an amazing hump day today. But so, you know, last week we covered the raw story with with them and OCB and their big battle and the lawsuit and the jury verdict. And now what I have right here is a press release that was just issued from raw rolling papers. And it's their official rebuttal is what we're calling it to the lawsuit so i hope you all get ready because here we go raw is an underdog success story with your support we have risen to be a global brand beloved by discriminate disseminating smokers under the vision of our of our founder josh kesselman Raw is now one of the global leaders in rolling papers and smoking innovations. Raw is an independent company run by a tight-knit team whose members truly love what they do. We are very proud of our reputation for quality products, the positive standing we have established in the industry, and the love our customers share for the Raw brand and its values. You may have heard some hurtful and inaccurate rumors floating around out there about raw we deeply regret any uncertainty they have created for our community of supporters and want to take this opportunity to clarify some aspects of our business uh here we go guys one 
Raw organic hemp rolling paper booklets are made in Ben Imarful, a quaint village in Alicante province of Spain. I probably murdered that. Um, our paper, number two, our paper is milled at the finest mills in the south of France, and the milled paper rolls are sent to Benimarful, Spain, where they go through a special process to be made into either the beautiful sheets of raw in your booklet or finished and sent onwards to be rolled into a cone. Number three, all raw organic hemp papers are indeed made with true unbleached certified organic hemp. And number four, as an independently owned company's raw's philanthropic efforts or philanthropic efforts of over a decade now called raw giving have contributed more than $2.5 million in direct cash contributions plus in-kind contributions of $186,174 to a wide variety of charities. Raw's in-kind gifts help the charities raise an additional $590,661 for themselves. These top charities receive more than $20,000 each for a total of $2.3 million. So if you're doing the math, that leaves another $200,000 that is not mentioned on this list that they are claiming they gave money to. So those, those nonprofits uh, are Water is Life International, Sinai International, Wine to Water, Boys Hope, Girls Hope, Friends of Independent Schools and Better Education, the YMCA, because, you know, why not? Home for Good, F-U-R Good. So it's obviously some animal-based stuff. Gompers Habitation Center, Arizona Coalition to End Sexual and Domestic Violence, Trees for the Future, the Global Development Group, Central Arizona Shelter Services, the Arizona Opera, I mean, Josh lives in New York, so I'm confused about that. Uh, um, AmeriCare's General Aid and Relief Fund, PSA Be Behavioral Health Agency, and CarbonFund.org. And finally, last but not least, East Bay Sanctuary Covenant. The name we previously used for our giving efforts may have created the impression that we ourselves were a charity. We are not a charity. Charities raise money by requesting donations. Ra does not. Instead, Ra gives portions of its profits to provide financial support to many charities and other causes central to the values of our brand. In other cases, we provide fundraising opportunities for nonprofits who receive donations directly from our audience. We have updated how we communicate about Raw giving and continue to be proud of its many achievements. Sadly, like many other successful companies, Raw is involved in litigation more than we would like to in order to preserve the value of our company and products. Recently, the case has been ongoing for seven years, resulted in some updates for Raw. And the good news is the jury awarded us. Hold on. I can't believe they said that the good news is the jury awarded us. $979,620 for a competitor's willful infringement of raw trade dress and $40,000 statutory damages for willful infringement of raw copyright. With this victory, raw has, and they're calling it a victory in here, with, when, with this victory, raw has a stronger brand than before. As part of this case, we conceded to an agreed order requiring certain changes on some of our packaging and marketing messages. We are sorry for any confusion the litigation outcome has created and are relieved that our recent lawsuit does not negatively affect the sale of any of our products already on the market. 
Our valued customers and stores who stock Raw's products will continue to sell them and run their businesses just as before. We have been innovating and addressing changes to raw packaging for many years. This is a common practice, and we are updating them as we speak to better illustrate our brand and product. Rest assured, all raw products we sell continue to meet our highest quality standards. None of this dismisses the impeccable quality of our papers, nor the organic certification of our hemp we have used for a long time. Thank you for your love and support of raw and our products as we continue to strive for the perfect experience for our customers. We all get higher together. Sincerely, the Raw team. Well, I'm going to digress. I want to see what you guys have to say because I know I have tons of opinions in regards to this. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. It sounds like lipstick on the pig, Jason. Any thoughts, Adelia? Huh? You guys all on mute? You guys... You guys got your tongues ripped out over there? I was on mute, actually. You're on mute. You're on mute, Adelia. Well, it yeah, sounds- there we go. Can okay. you hear me, Jason? Hello, Dale. Yeah, go ahead, Dale. You go first. Yeah. No, oh, it's it, it sounds like they're trying to put lipstick on the pig. They got their asses kicked, and now they're trying to look for anything mm-hmm. in there that might la- make them look good, like Andrew Carnegie setting up a a library or something. Uh, no, they got their asses kicked for infringing other people's, you know, proper intellectual property rights. And it's good to see the courts actually stepping in and enforcing some of these unfair business practices and violations of intellectual property rights. Now, I, I, I'm a little confused. So they said that they said that the, the million dollars that they got are just under a million that they received, um, that they're going to donate that to charity. Yeah. I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I think would be a much smarter uh, thing for raw to do with that million dollars if they're going to donate it to charity. I think they should put that into a special fund for anyone that has legal problems due to the fact that they put uh, contributions to the raw uh, raw foundation or raw they, that they were under the assumption that they were um, giving to a nonprofit um, in the event of them having any type of IRS audit. Uh, or legal problems due to that due to that i think they should put that money in that fund for if anyone has that type of a problem and pay for their legal expenses what's sad is i think we're we're going to start to see this a lot or it's going to start coming uh to head because we, there was also something similar that happened here in arizona where an organization said it was going to their nonprofit and then it found out that their nonprofit was not a legitimate nonprofit and then they mm. came back and donated those funds to to other organizations that were official nonprofits. So I think we're going to start to see more cases like this. Um, I do think, though, like good press or bad press is still going to give them, you know, is still going to help their business. We've all seen it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, what is it? Um, I'm that the, the first dispensary open in New York is set up perfectly for that, right? All the of their first. funds going over to their... they're not gonna make any dot money there (laughs) every last red cent not with any not with 280e and how that works on retailer they're not gonna make a penny we'll see we'll we'll see man it's kathy hochel man she's uh kathy hochel Hochel don't work for the irs bro yeah when you sit down with your accountant and you bring along the xanax bars for your client when mm-hmm. they really figure out, holy shit, I can't write that off. No, you can't. What about and the milk of magnesia? Businesses to, to protect magnesia. Your, your tax status. It's, just, it's nonsensical, but you know, it's life in this industry. 
that especially those IRS agents that are coming through strapped. These oh, days. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought I thought they lost the funding for all that. Now that we have a real Congress in place, <clears throat> did you freeze up on us, Rico? He did. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he had a stroke on his internet. Oh man, there he goes. There he is. The only thing I will say is too is I saw this morning that they also posted in their social media and they're actually getting a lot of good credit credit like or good comments for it so far. Um, so I don't know if the if people that are reading it are not paying attention to what was less what was said last week or what was the reality of this. But um, there's well, how much media. of this? How much of this, Adelia, do you think actually goes to the the fact that just human beings in general, especially Americans, have a, a very short uh, a, a memory gap? In, yeah. in regards in regards to these types of things it's it's what it's seconds nowadays and two yeah. they're just looking at the fact that now he's giving back you know mm -hmm. the, the big that that one thing that they're seeing that he's doing good at this moment at this exact time and so they're just focused on that for sure they're like hey hey just because he didn't have a foundation he still he still gave the money away yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like i mean any, any uh, NBA any NBA fans were celebrating Carl Malone this past weekend, forgot that he impregnated a 12-year-old. Don't talk about that. Oh America, America America forgets about shit so quick, man. They they about it. You said she was 19 though, Rico. Nah, he um he got a, a 17. He actually got a 17-year-old pregnant too. Hold on, uh, a 12 and a 17-year-old? So nope. he isn't being arrested for statutory rape? Nope. What is going on? What state is he in? Utah. No, he did the shit. He's not in Utah. There's a statute of limitations out there. And someone's got to be a complaining witness. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that part I do know is true. They're definitely, yeah, you can't, you can't just get convicted of a crime without an accuser. You, uh, Rico, Rico, is he really in, really in Utah? Oh, he is now. He, uh, when he committed crimes and everything, he was down in Louisiana. He was in uh, oh, okay. he was a so senior these, in college. All, yeah, he was a senior Louisiana, in college, Louisiana crimes. Yeah, he's tw he was 20 years old in college and got a 12-year-old pregnant. She mm -hmm. had a baby when uh, she was 13, and he ended up going to the NFL. Oh, man. NBA. Yeah, but oh, everybody man. celebrate, oh, he's a legend, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, nah, man, dude's a fucking pedophile. Yeah. we On that one, we got to keep it moving. We got to go to a quick commercial break. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Coming up next. That's right. We got the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico Lamite. That's right. If you thought gang violence only only happened with Bloods and Crips and 18th Street. Well, guess what? Guess who the real gangsters are? That's right. It's the Internet gangs. OK, and and Rico is getting hampered by the Internet gangs in South Central Los Angeles right now. The Internet cartels are coming and checking his Internet. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. They're gangs and they have colors. Yep. You got Spectrum. You got AT&T. But yes, it is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that, man. South Central, man. That's all I got to say. South Central would be fucking us over on uh, internet connection. But um, 
My story today is about a man named Cameron Jabril. Rico, come into the club. Cl come into the clubhouse room to deliver your audio story, please. Rico is having. I'm telling you, man. This this internet cartel is not playing with Rico. Like they are just, they are jacking him up today. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna keep it keep it moving here. We're gonna we're gonna do some stuff that we don't do, normally do. We're gonna move it right on over to Mr. Dale Schaefer. That is right. Mr. Dale Schaefer is a 35-year practicing attorney with 23 years in the California cannabis space, and Dale is also a former member of Club Fed when he served over 52 months for cultivation with intent to distribute, making him a true criminal justice lawyer. That's right. It is Dale Schaefer. Hey, good morning, everybody. My story today involves Rico and not our dopest dad who's having trouble getting on the on the screen here. There you go. Rico's back. This involves a lawsuit that was brought under Rico in federal court uh, and they got their asses kicked. And just to set this up, this was written by an attorney who's a partner in a law firm. So the story, if you read it, runs ours. Our rule is issue rule application conclusion. It's called the IREC rule. The issue here is does someone have standing to sue under Rico if they're running uh, a pot business and their partner fucks them and they sue them for being fucked by a partner, which happens in a lot of business. And the court said, ah, no. So to set this up, back in 1970, when the Controlled Substances Act was passed, they also passed a law called RICO, the Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. And they have some overlap here. And under RICO, if you are involved in a pattern of racketeering activity, this was directed towards the mafia, but it turns out they also included drugs. So if you're engaged in a drug enterprise and surprise, surprise in the federal court, uh, any cannabis business license in California is under the federal law, a drug enterprise. OK, and if you go into court seeking to have some part of the property that was realized by running this drug enterprise uh, and you ask the court to intervene, uh, they tell you you don't have standing because you have not been damaged in the eyes of the law. Now, that's where this gets kind of creepy, because in California, we're setting all this stuff up and it's a regular business to the extent we can have it. But in the eyes of the federal government, we go clear back to 1970, the Controlled Substances Act. Marijuana is a Schedule One drug, strictly prohibited. Under RICO, you're running a drug enterprise. OK, so here's what happened. This woman and you can look up her name. <clears throat> I don't want to trash anybody in public here. But she was running what looks to me to be a nonprofit uh, mutual benefit or some something like that during the 420 days here in California. She set up a corporation and we used to do, used to do management services agreements so people could you know, not get stuck with 280, blah, blah, blah. So it's Prop 64 passes and she expands her business. OK, she brings on a partner and the partner turns out to be a problem. Surprise, surprise. A lot of problems with partners in this industry. I don't know exactly what this partner was doing, but she accused him of wire fraud and money laundering, things like that. Uh, and of course, what happens a lot is they bring pounds in or run them out to the back door. But anyway, they had a they had a falling out, they call it. You know, we call them pissing matches when I come in trying to solve these problems for corporations. And she sued this guy in federal court for RICO violations. 
Okay. And it's a fairly simple answer in the federal courts. This is all illegal. Don't even come in here and ask for anything. We're going to kick your ass out. Okay. And that's what happened here. She went in to, to justify this. Her position was the state determines what's a conflict with federal law. And they said, no, the intent of Congress in this was to stop all drug activity that involved interstate commerce. Okay. So he said, if you derive a business or income from these racketeering activities, we don't even want to hear from you. Now, that is sort of uh, along the same lines what happened a couple of years back when a, a farmers up in Oregon tried to sue under RICO for their neighbors having a pot farm and it was going to cause all these terpene interference with their crops and bullshit like that. That one was allowed to go um, to a finder of fact because they weren't running a drug enterprise. They had property interests they could protect and it, it turned out they couldn't prove that they'd been damaged. So they lost. But I think the bigger picture here is that we still have a federal court system that unless you put a gun to their head, like we have with the Rohrbacher Farr continuing resolution, you can't spend money. You walk in with a, a cannabis activity case, you're liable to get your ass stomped. OK, so the bad news is the federal government still looks at all of this as just criminal activity. With that, let's bounce it back out the group and see how many footballs we can kick around the soccer field here. I mean, I've always worried about Rico cases, Dale, and I've always known that those are always re a reality and a, definitely a possibility. And in order to have a Rico case, too, don't you have to have three people involved in order to have a Rico case? No, you can have an individual, but if you sue under conspiracy, you've got to have at least two. Okay. That's and it. Okay. They wrap this in, they, and it's illegal to conspire to do this. They have a specific conspiracy. That's where they bring this in. And this was the mafia guy setting you a big cigar and the Sopranos lending money and shooting you if you didn't pay it back. Mm -hmm. That's what it's designed for. But imagine you're in a building and you're running a, a, a lab, a closed loop, volatile lab, and the damn thing blows up. Okay. The person next door can can go into federal court and sue you under RICO and get trouble damages for what you caused harm to their business. <clears throat> That's where I would be very concerned about this, because if you're running the business, what the federal courts are telling you, don't waste your time even filing a complaint. We mm -hmm. don't recognize you as a person or an entity to come in here and sue for damages. Like basically, so like a situation. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Adelia, please. Uh, so like a situation like that, how does a business protect itself? Like what can a, what can a cannabis company do? Well, first of all, uh, all my contracts avoid federal court. Hmm. Stay out of there. They're not friendly. Hmm. Um, California has parsed this out back to 2008 when the San Diego normal case was brought before the court. And they said, look, there's no conflict with federal law. The Fed shared jurisdiction. We can make all the state laws we want. And you can't run into state court and, and wave the flag. It violates federal law. That's where you have to go. But unfortunately, under state law, if your business has financial problems, you can't go to bankruptcy to reorganize or, or to try to pay off and get out from under your debts. So there, there's not a good place or a good answer, Adelia. Because it, it's still looked at as illegal activity in so many places that you're really boxed in a corner. Can a RICO case ever be dropped? I don't know if this is a silly question, but can a RICO case be dropped or once it's issued, like it's you're, you're done, you're locked into going through this whole process? Well, um, if you file a 
complaint, let's say, in, in yeah. federal court under RICO, you have the absolute right to dismiss that case whenever you want. Okay. okay. Now, if you're if you don't file it, and you're responding to it. Now you've got to go in and you've got to attack the pleadings. What happened here is they filed under RICO. The defendant ran in and said, look, they have no standing here. I want the case dismissed. And the court said, of course, you have no standing. Get the hell out of here. And they granted a dismissal. So now it's all done. You have to come back and file something else. Interesting. So that's a good that's a good defense right there. I like well, that. Well, it, it's an easy one. OK, a first year law student should be able to see this one. If the courts are going to up, uphold this. OK, it's fine. Part of what I'm seeing here. And this is a long term view is going back to the rage case. Clarence Thomas asked the obvious question is dissent. Does the 10th Amendment mean nothing anymore? Because under the 10th Amendment, states have rights. OK, we haven't parsed that out yet. Where do these federal interstate commerce laws and and RICO and the Controlled Substances Act are based upon interstate commerce? Mm-hmm. At what point is a court going to step in and say there's a line here? This ain't interstate commerce. And in the case of California cannabis, you can't cross the state line. Okay. So it's not interstate commerce. It is commerce. Okay. And that's one of these dividing lines that I think a more conservative court, which we have now, just might want to take one of these cases and draw a line there. So if it's inside of a state, the feds have no jurisdiction. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that'll happen. I certainly would like to see that because it would upset the apple cart. And there's other cases now coming trying to challenge some of these schedule one um, status and the control substance act. And we'll see if we can get any court help. The Congress is worthless as tits on a bull right now. They're just not going to be helpful at all. Did you say Congress is, is <laughs> did you say Congress? Congress right now is as worthless as tits on a bull. Yeah. My mom I thought they were getting shit done, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's got to get, I mean, I stopped paying attention to bills a long time ago because until the executive signs it, it ain't shit. Okay. It ain't shit. It's just a mm-hmm. pissing match. People trying to market their positions like this. You know, the story you did about this group that's trying to market getting their ass kicked. Okay. Mm-hmm. It ain't going I mean, nowhere. I thought, I thought they did a good job overall. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 they turned a loss and they, they claimed it as a win. But that's what marketing's all about. That what is. is I love the spin factor. I love the spin factor, baby. I'm a big fan of the spin factor. Tits on a bull. Because you're Whatever. selling shit, that's why. I'm always <laughs> selling something, baby. You know that, right? And there's always a buyer. That's right. Yeah. There's always a buyer, and we're always trying to get higher. Always a customer. Some call that a sucker, but I'll leave that to others to decide. Depends on what you're selling, bro. If I'm selling Charms Blow Pops, then I want all the suckers in the world. There you go. Hustlers and there's customers. (laughs) Selling Bitcoin, not so much, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't mess with that stuff. That stuff doesn't make sense to me. But speaking of though, why won't we start selling these uh, high at nine uh, NFTs? How about that, man? How about that? How about that? How about we go to this next commercial break? Let's do it. How about that? At True Classic OG, we live by one motto: Stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of True OG that's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True Classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown a high and nine news are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you and maybe you should go and buy some raw papers today Where there's no dabs like desert dabs yeah i bet i bet well rico we've, we've had you come up do you want to try to try to redo your story again yeah i'm back like i left something i bet them fucking gang violence on the internet is serious out there in the hood it's wild man it's wild yeah right here man mm-hmm. so um mine's all about cameron jabril tomaz he's an american american entertainer and a vetted cannabis lifestyle aficionado better known to the masses by the stage name of Wiz Khalifa. You might have heard of him. He's built a strong brand for himself within the highest ranks of industry cultural icons over the past 20 plus years as a rapper, an actor, an entrepreneur who's pretty much become synonymous with many of the positive aspects of stoner culture. Along with his ascent, Wiz's distinct tall slender frame and dedication to the culture has drawn many comparisons to frequent collaborators. One of them most notably Snoop Dogg, who recently joked on Jimmy Kimmel Live that he has not gained weight in over 20 years, debunking the myth that munchies lead to obesity. Wiz, on the other hand, recently sat down with GQ to discuss his own body transformation over the last few years, claiming that he's gained 40 pounds of muscle mass to his own frame due to a rigorous workout regimen with a key role being played by Cannabis Sativa L. In the interview, Khalifa said that he believes smoking strong weed has improved his breath control. He also said he never gets winded during training and maintains really good cardio. Is a quote from here. I honestly think smoking weed helps my wind a little better because I have breath control and I'm able to take those deep, long breaths. Normal people who don't drag strong marijuana, they don't experience that, he explained. Growth Op, for this article, I mean, they went a little further analyzing the interview, citing that a New Zealand study actually backed Wiz's claims, and uh, the study was co-authored by Bon Hancocks um, last year comparing the effect tobacco and cannabis have on the lungs. It found that while both substances are detrimental to lung health, smoking tobacco made people's lungs decline with regards to how much air they can force out while smoking cannabis produced. The opposite result and um, was connected to higher lung volumes. Although the effects of cannabis were detrimental, the pattern of lung function changes was not the same. The research found that prolonged cannabis use led to overinflated lungs and increased the resistance to airflow to a greater extent than tobacco. The study is among the longest running and most comprehensive research to date on the effects tobacco and cannabis have on the lungs. 
more than a thousand adults took part and researchers actually tracked their lung health from age 18 to 45. While I admit to not really doing much lately to fight off the dad bob vibes, uh, seeking more high profile consumers like seeing more high profile consumers like Wiz and a good friend of the show, the highest host himself, Adam Ill, completely transformed their physiques uh, for the better, yet maintain a heavy rotation of blunts is pretty damn encouraging. My question here is to everyone else in the room. Uh, do y'all get high before or during workouts? And if so, how has your experience been? I think I might try it out myself. Is Rico Lamita Doba's dad on the street for high at nine news and think about getting back in the gym, man, here. What about you, Jason? Well, now that gyms are finally open, maybe that's a pop possibility because I'll tell you what, um, <clears throat> I use cannabis when I, I lost over 100 pounds and, and I would take a couple bong rips before spin class and then, you know, but spin class was in like an hour. You know what I mean? And so I was, yeah. I was, I was good. Um, and then I go and do yoga and then I'd be done for the day. And that was, that was a great, great regimen. And then COVID came and they closed all the gyms in LA and I got fat again. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So now I have to go and do it all again, but I'll tell you what I did. I did uh, s smoke before I went to like actually like Equinox and gym and like weight did weight training and whatnot yeah. and that that was not good for me at all mm -hmm. because i have no source of balance already and it just kind of threw my balance off a little bit more when i was messing with the weights and i personally is not good for me to smoke before i'm going to go and do something like like lifting lifting weights and things like that spin bike that's all good yoga yeah you may fall down but who knows you know what i mean it's it's to improve your balance anyway so it's not it's not a big deal um, but I think with weights, the whole like if you're lifting up a bar, bro, and all of a sudden one weight falls off the other and falls off the other, bro, you're you're in a little bit of a situation. Now I'll tell you what, well, man. Like, only, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Adelia. Uh, no, not only that too. I was just gonna say I could see myself, yeah, with spin class or something that's more uh, facilitated, it would be a lot easier. But lifting weights, you might overly lift too much as well. You'll overextend yep. yourself. I remember doing that when I was in cheer. I would I would smoke and I would do it before cheer, and I ended up overextending my um my arm. Or my, I think it was my elbow. It was back in the day. Obviously, I was really young. Um, so you can overextend yourself in certain activities, or you lift too much and hurt yourself a lot more. But I could see spin being a great, yeah, smoking before spin would be good. Yeah, like you're there, you're locked in. You're just, you know, what I'm saying, you're just rolling. <clears throat> then, they, then you get the music playing in the background, and you know what I'm saying. The teacher jumps out with some glow sticks, and all of yeah, a sudden, you're, you're off to the wrong. races in the zone uh, you know back in uh chicago my og man he was a formerly um i don't want to out him but uh yeah he was a he's a former pro athlete and uh he swore by that shit and the one time that i tried it uh, because i was uh, a competitive crossfit athlete i busted my tooth man. i broke my fucking tooth yeah and i've not done it since that's about uh almost almost 20 years ago now but um maybe i'll try it maybe do, just get on some like, like easy cardio shit but I, I've not touched that shit, even though I've heard so many people say, oh, yeah, you fucking smoke and, and, and go work out. Like, I've not even tried that shit. Man. I have yeah, many friends, even my fiance. He'll, he'll smoke before he goes to the gym. But I just it, for me, it's just more of an anxiety relaxer. Like, I, I use it more when I want to relax, not work out. Well, I think I it's think interesting it with the lungs, the, the, the study with the lungs that says that we have a, a better capacity for endurance, you know, than these. Uh, Back in the people. day. Um, cannabis was used for lung disorders. Uh, in our family, mm -hmm. we had a tuberculosis specialist 
who use cannabis, not just for the appetite, but also to improve lung function. And the tests you talk about were the forced, forced volumes, breathing out or breathing in. <clears throat> they were maintained or made better. And they used to sell rolled up joints. We call them pre-rolls now for um, people with asthma. And they had chronic lung diseases before they outlawed it in the 37 Tax Act. So it's fairly clear it does help with lung function. And the studies you're talking about, they go way back. Taskin did one about the lungs from UCLA and the DEA got all pissed off because he had positive things to say. But professional athletes, especially in the NBA, a lot of them use weed while they're working out. Uh, and even in the NFL, I, I was on, I was a, a part of a medical staff for a professional football team and they didn't drug test for wheat in those days. And a lot of those guys used it for their workouts, not when they're on the field, they didn't want to have the impaired cognitive um, function, but for working out, when you know your workout, you know, it's just going to be hard and weed helps the, the, um, the inflammatory pain, muscle pain helps you recover. So I, I think it's going to be part of it. It's not it's not a market that's been uh, targeted yet from the industry, uh, but it's one that should be to work out formulas to help people, um, athletes, either titrate through vaping or smoking or take edibles that kick in when you go to the gym. So what you're saying, uh, Dale, is Shakari Richardson should have been suspended for um, um, performance enhancing drugs for smoking weed. Nah, I don't advocate that because I smoked weed in almost every athletic adventure I've ever been involved in. And if it fucked me up so I couldn't perform, then I didn't perform well. And you don't get to do anything. I think that's nonsense. Leave people alone. I think, uh, yeah, I think it just takes because um, I did smoke a lot of weed when I was playing like pickup basketball and shit like that. And um, it just it took off the competitive edge to me. Was, I just I had a lot more fun. I just wasn't as competitive. Before, so. Well, and that's why I don't think they they're vaping in the locker room before they go out and play in the NBA. Oh, there's a story about people vaping in the locker room in one of my in my second story today. But did did you guys see this? What 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 Nick threw in the chat in here? He's like, it's a proven fact that cannabis helps people reach flow. F L O W, runners, cyclists, fighters, etc. There's something called a hippie speedball where athletes take high doses of caffeine and THC prior to working out. Have you ever tried a hippie speedball before that's, spin that's class? Of that. no, that sounds like a. I haven't, but honestly, I feel like I would do that before like a work day, <laughs> like some caffeine. I feel like that's, I, I feel love like, I, it, so. that, that's what I'm I, I, like every spin class I've ever been to. Like all the ladies all still have their Starbucks or their coffee bean or Pete's or whatever. You know what I mean? Looking all fancy with their paper cups, these <laughs> environmentalists. <laughs> well, I, I taught high school for a year and I used a couple of hippie speedballs to get prepared to go in and do all those fucking knuckleheads more than once. <laughs> oh boy. Oh my more goodness. Twice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I just oh man, this, this this is this is crazy, you know. But I do believe I do believe also too with Grumpy Gore who says weed makes you forget the pain, transforms it somehow and turns it into motivation and has you on overdrive. I do believe in that. I do believe that one that is one of the magical things about cannabis is it doesn't necessarily relieve your pain, but it makes you not mentally focus on it. So then that way you can still power through it and get through whatever you have going on. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Takes the pain. I mean, away. I mean come on. You've been an athlete, Rico. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you ever take you ever take a hit and then take a hit? 
Uh, I smoke. I smoked weed after every game back when I was playing in college, but uh, I would never smoke before. I did that shit. Like you know, how that shit just fucks up your your reaction time, man. Like you go in like a million miles an hour, and you got like three hundred pound motherfuckers kind of coming at you. Like that shit, flying, bro. Dude, like you will die. That's the same <laughs> like, reason they tell you not to smoke and drive. That same analogy that you just used. That's the same reason they tell people not to smoke and drive. Nah, man. If you got adaptive cruise control, man, just sit in the HOV lane and just ride that thing on out. <laughs> just get a Tesla. Oh, oh man. Like LA, just like last Sunday. I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys remember the 420 games in LA? Yes, I do. Well, what, what, happened, what happened to those? I don't, I don't know. COVID, bro. Know. COVID ruined everything, bro. Yeah. They canceled true. everything. But that was all about they, fitness and cannabis. Yeah. Athletes, everything. No, it, was, no, it, was, it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was in Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy because we hired a um, uh, my homeboy, uh, my homeboy Josh. He's one of the founders of Honey Vape, and we actually hired a ringer uh, to win. <laughs> we hired <laughs> we hired a winner to win uh, to win like the uh, the five k portion of that shit. You guys hired a runner to run for you guys. Dude, he was smoking he was like an add on Craigslist for runners. Yeah, he was, he was vaping. He was vaping the whole fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like marketing. Yeah, right, that's right? great. Great marketing. Yeah, 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 shout out to Jim McAlpine. He, oh, oh, he's saying, uh, Nick Nick Bradley's saying Jim McAlpine sold the 420 games. Who he sold that to, we don't know. But apparently oh, it's been sold. Yeah, but no one's doing anything with it. Definitely not the Olympics. Yes. We need to run a quick ad, Adam. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. You want me to, want me to do that? Yeah, go for it, bro. Let's do it, man. All right, so up next, she is the CMO, CMO of Event High and co-host and founder of the Revolutionary Professional Women in Cannabis Networking Series, Blunt Brunch. But we know her as the women who fled California for the freer desert landscapes of Arizona. Sad. Come to the stage next. Y'all know who it is. Adelia Carrillo. Yes. I will be back in Cali for a week. I'm coming Can't this wait. Friday. So I'm coming so back calm? to my hood. <laughs> We're going to be? the Farmer's Cup this weekend in San Diego. Oh, does that even count, really? Like you're in Arizona and you're coming. I'm coming to California. I'm just going to San Diego. <laughs> Come on. I still have my license, okay? That says California. I'm going to okay. rep that until that expires. I'm with it. I'm with it. Native Cali, baby. <laughs> so today's it. article is actually about San Diego. So San Diego is among 16 California cities to receive cannabis equity grant. The city of San Diego said Thursday it was awarded a statewide grant to promote equity in the local cannabis industry. More than 880000 in funding granted by the governor of California's Office of Business and Economic Development will be used to help support local residents seeking to enter the legal cannabis industry. Now, as it stated, San Diego was one of the 16 cities to receive this. The city said the combined total is $15 million in grants 
which was funded through tax revenue generated from statewide recreational cannabis sales. Um, now, the grants will help potential business owners pay for permitting, licensing fees, access education and training, receive property rental assistance for entrepreneurship uh, in various sectors, uh, along with finance, marketing, advertising and legal services, among many others. Now, one of the um, they spoke with Kim uh, Desmond, the city chief of race and equity, and she stated the historical enforcement of drug laws produced profound disparities in business ownership, wage earnings and mass incar incarceration within the criminal justice system for African-American, Black, Latino and Native American indigenous communities. They are looking to acknowledge uh, an acknowledgement of historic institutionalism, racism and systematic inequity is key to understanding disparities in the cannabis industry. Industry. Now, the money which the city has actually called the Go Biz funds will be dispersed locally. Um, they are looking to distribute the funds to 36 cannabis equity companies or equity license. They're, sorry, they are looking to distribute the funds for 36 cannabis equity licenses. Uh, they're going to be phasing those uh, 36 licenses over four years. So that means nine licenses a year. Applications are open to um, are going to be open early next year. But in the meantime, the city will need to update its land development code. Um, one of the other quotes they spoke with Laura Gates, and she says, receiving this critical funding source is a vital to jumpstarting our cannabis equity program. The dollars will provide a solid foundation for our initial cannabis equity applicants to get a strong foothold in the legal cannabis market. And just a couple of notations. Last year, the city was actually awarded $764,000 from a California Department um, of Cannabis Control grant that is helping to develop online um, tools necessary to help businesses navigate and comply with local and state laws and streamline permit processes. This was actually launched in 2020 as part of the Development Services Department, the city's cannabis business division, which issues permits and regulates cannabis businesses in San Diego. Um, so with that being said, this is Adelia reporting live for the Hyatt 9 News Hour. What do you guys all think of these, uh, these licenses for San Diego and for these other 16 cities that are going to be getting these grants? It's, I mean, I, this, these cities are all going to get the money and it's not going to go to anywhere that it's supposed to. It's just going to end up in some general slush fund. And it's all just a pipe dream for all these people that are hoping to get relief. Yeah, I mean, um, we, we were yeah, we were talking about this uh, from uh, um, uh, from the perspective of a couple of other cities, um, uh, Adelia. And um, I hope that it happens. I mean, you're more in touch with and in tune with uh, who's in charge of that stuff over in uh, San Diego. Cause I know that you were a lot more um, uh, connected with the folks uh, down there uh, than I would know there or than Jason would know. But um, I do know that out here in LA, we had to fight tooth and nail uh, to get any of that money, uh, claw any of that money away from uh, law enforcement. The, um, I think it was like, uh, what was it, Jason? Uh, I think it was like 11 million. Uh, we were supposed to go to like, like LA, something like that. Yeah, it was around in between 15 and 11 million and 10 million. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of it went to police overtime. Yeah, exactly. Because we all know cannabis, you know, there's so much crime because of cannabis. Right. Well, what I've seen, I have multiple um, equity clients. They're they're principally women of color. And what I see this money, if it gets spent at all, it goes to places where it's basically useless for these people. Um, the education in how to run a business 
and helping navigate these these ungodly regulations, uh, including zoning regulations, the commissions you got to go in front of, you know, CEQA out here. If you're not helping people with those kinds of issues, somebody else comes in and does, and they're very often off the books. And what I see is sugar daddies have a lot of strings attached <laughs> and interfering, interfacting with the government. Things are all above board, but they don't look very deeply into what's going on in these businesses. So even if you give somebody some money, they don't always track what it's spent on. Yeah. And if they do, it goes to places where you scratch your head later and go, what the fuck were you guys teaching these people? I mean, really, mm -hmm. because I, I did some classes for people pro bono to try and introduce them to how to run an LLC or a corporation. And my God, it, it was incredible how much they didn't know. And if you don't protect yourself in that respect, the rest of your enterprise starts to fall apart. I just get very irritated when I see money being thrown at a problem without any sense of what it's going to be spent on documenting where it goes and having someone looking into these goddamn businesses that have off the books owners and people that control them. And these uh, real audit control, right, Dale? Real audit oh, control. I, yeah, I don't see it. And it's almost like, well, we don't, it's a leper colony. We'll do what we have to, to get them food and water and shit like that. We don't want to deal with all the internal uh, ways that they operate. And this is a business for God's sakes. I set up corporations and LLCs to help people do this. We bring accountants in. And if the people that are going to be called upon to make these decisions are not helped to understand their role, have someone they can pick up the phone and talk to, have people who know how to do this that are being paid for to help them and prepare them to run the business, they're just a pawn on a chessboard. And it's really hard to watch because they get bent over and fucked every time, every time. I do know one of the companies who got um, who did receive some grant money. I believe it was last year. They're called Jack's Cannabis. Um, one of the owners is J.M. Balambuena, and she's a Navy veteran. Um, I'm going to see her this weekend. I'll definitely ask her what her experience has been so far with the with the previous grant she got and what that means with this upcoming grant, if they're in the lineup for that or what that looks like. You know what we really want to know? You know what we really want to know, Adelia? One, hmm. how much she got. Yeah. If there were any requirements as to what she had to spend that on. And the most important question of it all, was she liable to pay taxes on that grant money after she received it? Okay. I'm going to ask her. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that, that's what we want to know right there. All right, because I know a lot of the uh, – there, there was a L.A. social equity grant that I know a number of people received – and it was like for around like $25,000 or something like that, you know, so it wasn't a lot of money, but it was, you know, it's, it's $25,000 is a decent amount of money when you're starting a business to pay for things that you need, especially with startup costs and whatnot. And uh, and in order for him to receive that, he had to claim that $25,000 on his taxes. So really, he was only getting about $15,000 as opposed oh to $25,000 of that grant because he had to pay income tax on that money. Huh. That's not social well, equity to me. That's socialist equity. In, in the bigger picture, we're looking at high six figures, low seven figures to open any of these businesses. Mm -hmm. So giving somebody twenty five dollars or $50,000, <clears> that gets sucked up just like that. And now you have to go looking for other people with money. 
the government is supposed to track what they do. It's supposed to be above board. And in most cases, it is, even if you don't like it. But these other deals that I get involved in where I, you know, I see these equity people get trapped into an agreement where they get some money. We call them dimes and dollars. You get some dimes to go along, keep you happy because you're paying your bills and you got extra money in your pocket. They're not getting the dollars, the investment dollars mm -hmm. that are growing this company. And so uh, if you look at someone who's going to be just a figurehead for you and you're going to use them to make you money, you're the problem. If you're going to be that figurehead, the, the government should be stepping up to protect you, recognize what your problems are and try to help protect you from getting screwed by some of the ways that it, it's not even rocket science to figure out how people get screwed in this industry. If the government's not looking for that, somebody's got to stand up and say, this is enough. we got to stop it. I just don't see it happening right now. I'm, I'm with you, Dale. I'm with you. And uh, just uh, just to clarify before we go into our into our next story, um, 420 Games, Carrie Cardi texted me and she says that that 420 Games was sold to Civilized, which I think I do remember that. And Civilized no, think, ended up uh, selling to somebody else, too, didn't they? I thought Civilized went bankrupt. Something like that. I thought they ran out of money and just like went they away. Great, they had great merch, though. <clears throat> They did. Sounds like an asset somebody um, is uh, going to deal with after bankruptcy. The, the assets don't go away, and you go bankrupt. Somebody hold just on. them somewhere. Hold on a second, Dale. Dale, we have a we have a question here. Nick Bradley is asking. Hold on, is Dale saying Steve D'Angelo is a victim here? Absolutely, fucking not. All right. <laughs> no, no, smart, no. Just for He's all, a pretty clarity. smart guy. He's surrounded with pretty smart people. He's Sometimes a great in the business, and they fail. Half of businesses fail in the first five years even if you're good at it. So no, mm -hmm. Steve's not. No, no, no. He's, but I do have clients and I have um, provided education and help for people who didn't understand even what a business meeting was or how to have a board meeting or even what a corporation was. That That's the kind of people who just get taken advantage of. Not that they're stupid, but it involves, have you ever been educated on this? Have you ever operated on yeah. this? A lot of people can run a, a drug business is run by people that are pretty smart. But if you ask them to run it within a corporate structure, it's like, fuck, they shit their pants. What do I do now? Well, yeah, need some education on this and some help. Yeah, that's what social equity should be doing is teaching people all these different type of corporate structures, how to make sure, you know, you're filing your taxes and all this paperwork properly. That's what, and that's we really need to be. And that's that. Well, that's great for New Jersey. Maybe that's why they get into Twitter wars with New York, because New York definitely ain't doing that. <laughs> No, 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 speaking of, no, that's why we, we're actually doing a webinar today with New Jersey uh, social equity applicants, uh, teaching them the basics of business. We're not selling no product, no nothing like that. Just teaching them the basics of business uh, about. Uh, when, you say, um, when you say we, Happy Cabbage is doing that? Yeah. Oh, very doing nice. That yeah, um, Happy Shout Cabbage. Happy we were teaming cabbage. up with uh, WebJoint, uh, Kova, my man Gary, George out there, real cannabis entrepreneur. And a couple other cats uh, out of there on the East Coast just um, trying to get these applicants uh, up and running with basic uh, um, business to do. So they're in the so they're in the proper place uh, once they do get their licenses uh, to actually be successful. You know, so that's, that's why I'm always bigging up like New Jersey for doing what they're doing, because they care about uh, the people and their business acumen first before. Like, oh, yeah, they're not trying to sell them on a bunch of bullshit like, oh, yeah, everybody's going to generate generational wealth and all that shit. Like, oh, man. This is going to be a business. It's going to be run like a business and it's going to be a net negative business or it. And you'll be lucky if it's net zero um, when you get up and running. So um, just giving people so, like realistic. 
Oh, there you goes guys. The, there go <laughs> yeah, those gangbangers again. They shot up his internet at his house. <laughs> Who do you guys think is doing, or which state is doing it uh, well? I mean, nobody's doing it great, but would you, uh, Rico, would you say Jersey is one that you think is doing it well? It's not up and running yet. So I'm saying they have a lot of promise. The way that they're doing things, and just same thing I said about Maryland. LA had a lot of promise at first too, yeah. didn't it? Well, no, but it was different. Uh, but with, <laughs> it was different with, with New Jersey um, because New York had a lot of promise. But you see what's going on in New York, like New Jersey and Maryland. What they did is they surveyed all of the other ones, they all, uh, all of the other programs first, and they're slow walking it um, up to the plate. And and, and hopefully, you know, what they've learned from the, 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 the triumphs and failures from all these other states, they'll incorporate those and, and they'll be successful. So nobody has actually been successful in practice with it yet. But um, I, I think that uh, uh, New Jersey and, um, and, and the way the rhetoric, I should say, with uh, with Maryland, it seems that they're on the right track. So, oh, boy, here we go. Cautious, he, think, he thinks they're the closest nothing. ones to, to succeed. Cautious what nothing. succeed could actually possibly look like since everything else has been such a failure. I'm but, not saying it's going to work. I'm saying cautiously just, optimistic, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Socialist equity. That's what I'm saying. Socialist equity. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to do make want to make a quick mention before we go into our final story that uh, there there is a, a golf tournament going on that we are a sponsor of. It's called Birdies and Blunts Golf Tournament. It's going to be on three six. That's right, March sixth at the Huntington uh, Club in Huntington Beach, California. If you go, and you're on a team. You will get an official high at nine news ball cap. You get what? What is yes. that? You'll be able to. You will be able to protect yourself from the sun and as well as keep yourself in that shade with the official high at nine news ball cap. That sounds fantastic. Man. Yes. Shout out bring, to all the what winners. Are those visor, what are those little ones? The visors. What are just like yep. not a hat. The. Yep. What are they Where, called? Yeah, they're called visors. visors. Right? They're called visors. visors okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. I love yeah. a visor. I am not a visor. <laughs> Next time, no. Well, Adelia, if you if you cut part of the top off of it, you can make. There it we a go. Visor. I got my visor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man, so I have a story, Adelia. Are you a parent? No, no, not yet. No, not yet. Not, not yet. Okay. All right. So we have two non-parents on here. And we have two parents. And this is a very troubling tale. This is a little bit of a longer story. So just kind of bear with me. But I, I feel like all this stuff is pretty important for you guys to hear in relation with the story. In a central Texas County, high schoolers are jailed on felony charges for vaping what could be legal hemp. That's right. Police often can't tell if cannabis vape pens is derived from marijuana or legal hemp like the Delta 8 products on display in gas stations across Texas. That doesn't stop them from making felony arrests in high schools. When kids walk into gas stations near the high school in this rural stretch of North San Antonio, they come to face to face with Texas's booming market in psychoactive hemp derivatives. Just inside the door, a glass cabinet entices shoppers to a smorgasbord of fruity and donut flavored vape pens uh, dressed in vibrant, shiny packaging. The store, like many across Texas, is promoting its collection of Delta 8 and other new strains of. Perpetuity legal tetrahydrocannabinol or THC, the mind altering part of the cannabis plant. Any adult over 21 can buy the vapes at this Valero station, but if 
the uh, Komal Independent School District catches one of its students down the road at Smithian Valley High School with a pound cake flavored vape, they may end up in county jail facing felony charges that would follow them for the rest of their lives. School officials and local law enforcement are attempting to stymie the sometimes dangerous youth vaping craze by drawing a hard line uh, saying students are offered $100 to anonymously report classmates with THC vape pens to the police. That is also called snitching, by the way. And since sheriff's deputies assign it to the schools often uh, can't, can't, can't tell if a vape pen contains THC, but not whether it's Delta 8 or illegal Delta 9 cannabis oil, they assume the worst, slap the cuffs on, and leave it for someone else to figure out. That's what happened to Miles Leon, a Smithston Valley senior, arrested at school in October with what he says was a Delta 8 vape pen at 17. He is considered an adult in Texas criminal justice system facing a felony charge based on the as yet unproven assumption that the vape pen has was caught hold. He was caught holding might have contained the illegal Delta nine derivative. They instantly just think it's illegal THC. I don't think they really care about the difference. Miles said in December, uh, hunched next to his mother on their living room couch, because even I said it was Delta eight and it didn't matter. They're still going to arrest me anyways. That's from the kid. The legality of these lab-produced Delta-8 products is still under scrutiny, but more than a, a year, uh, but for more than a year, stores and users have freely sold and purchased them without issue. If teens get caught with vape pens that are proven to contain only Delta-8, the worst criminal pen penalty they would most likely face would be a ticket, similar to getting caught with cigarettes or alcohol. But Delta-9 THC, the most prolific psychoactive compound in marijuana, cannabis plants, remained illegal in Texas in uh, concentrations higher than 0.3 THC. Vape pens with marijuana-derived extracts are legal legal in many states like New Mexico and Colorado, but not here in Texas. And the criminal punishment for such derivatives are harsher than for marijuana. Possession of even one illegal THC vape pen can carry a punishment of up to 10 years in prison and a lifelong label that makes it more difficult to get into college, get a job, find housing, uh, having up to four ounces of flower marijuana is simply a misdemeanor in this county. In Como County, deputies have arrested students on felony charges not knowing what their vape pens actually contained. Uh, Soft-spoken and awkward in his tall frame, Miles said he walked into a locker room before class one day and saw a few other kids vaping e-cigarettes. He, uh, a few, few kids vaping e-cigarettes have become alarmingly uh, alarmingly uh, compliance in schools across the uh, the country prompting the American Medical Association and deem that vaping a public health epidemic and leading to increased regula uh, regulation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The FDA has also urged teens not to vape THC as the unregulated products have been linked to numerous lung injuries and deaths, they say. The kids in this locker room told Miles the pen contained Delta-8. He asked if he could have a hit, he said, and uh, it it's a decision he has regretted since. 
A coach walked in while Miles uh, had the pen in his hand and ushered him to the principal's office. He said the pen was unlabeled as many are, but uh, but sported a cannabis leaf symbol. So school officials brought it into the sheriff's deputies. The district can't comment on specific students, but spokesperson Steve Sanford said the district works with the sheriff's office to address THC vaping for school disciplinary action. He said it's up to the student to prove a THC pen is legal, not for the school to prove it's illegal, he says. Even if it is determined that it that it is a legal derivative, the student is cited for being in possession of drug paraphernalia and put into a disciplinary school for a time, he said. Miles said uh, said he was cooperating as much as he could, handing over the pen and answering questions. Still, he he soon felt uh, metal on his wrists and was walked in handcuffs across campus to the sheriff's office at the school so deputies could run a test to detect THC in the vape oil. Police find these these test kits um, like those uh, by the Comal County Sheriff's Office can quickly flag if vape oil likely contains THC, but not whether it's derived from legal hemp or from cannabis. So in a quote, that 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 test is a preemptive positive and that provides the probable cause for an arrest. Uh, Cap- Captain Sean Trevino said when asked about making felony arrests based on an ambiguous test. It may be enough for the sheriff's office, but uh, it's often not for the prosecutors or the courts. Uh, Republican Comal County District District Attorney Jennifer Tharp said her office doesn't accept drug cases without first looking for lab results. So after a THC arrest, the Comal County Sheriff's Office sends vape cartridges off to the state crime labs for further testing. But state labs, which can take months or years uh, to return results to police and prosecutors in any criminal case have been able have have been able to distinguish between different strains of THC and vape oil um, since September. They still can't tell edibles apart, however. So for vape pen, they can tell if it's Delta 8 or not, but not for edibles. Still, Miles was soon in the back of a squad car on his way to the Kamal County Jail. In a quote, I get I get it. I had to face the consequences, but I feel like it's a little severe, he said quietly. I know since I'm underage, it's not legal for me, but I know if I was of age and I wasn't on school, school, uh, school, it probably wouldn't be it wouldn't be legal for me either. But he says since he's 17, Miles was booked into the adult county jail and kept in a hiding cell hiding cell with grown men for hours. Federal uh, law meant to prevent sexual assaults on uh, incarcerated settings requires people under 18 to be housed separately from adults, but Texas doesn't doesn't make uh, local jails abide by such laws, according to uh, Brandon Wood, director of the Texas Commission on Jail Standards. While Miles' parents scrambled to figure out how to get their son out of jail, the teen said he sat in the cell for about 12 hours till nearly 10 p.m., listening to other inmates talk about shootouts and drugs he'd never heard of before. For the alleged crime of possessing an illegal vape pen, his bail was set at $5,000. Luckily, his parents could afford to free him. And in a quote, these are real 
criminals committing actual crimes, he said, and I'm just there because I was smoking at school. Since the legalization of hemp production federally in 2018 and in Texas in 2019, criminal enforcement of marijuana laws has gotten complicated. Um, as in Miles' case, police often can't tell the difference between legal and illegal cannabis anymore, and at least several prosecutors have refused to pursue many marijuana cases without test results that state labs couldn't produce until recently. Plus, with polls increasingly showing that a majority of Texans support marijuana legalization, some district attorneys and police departments no longer pursue most low-level possession crimes. In 2022, Texas prosecutors filed 70% fewer misdemeanor marijuana possession charges than in 2018, down from nearly 71,000 to about 21,500, according to state reports. Not all decisions were political, however. Money also matters since pot cases are now more difficult to win in court without expensive lab tests. Some law enforcement officials have have uh, decided it isn't worth their resources um, or those of the notoriously backlog crime laws, which also identify harder drugs like fentanyl and test uh, DNA and rape kits and other so forth. In a quote, why am I going to invest probably one million to train the one analyst I have doing this stuff? I've got mountains of pills that are full of fentanyl and meth, said Peter Stout, president and CEO of the Houston Forensic Science Center. Last session, the GOP-led Texas House passed a bill to make low-level marijuana possession a fine-only crime, which would have stopped arrests for less than an ounce of the drug. The more conservative Senate, however, didn't move on the bill. Another unsuccessful measure would have lessened the penalty for possessing a smaller amount of marijuana concentrates like Delta-9 THC vape oils and edibles from a felony to a misdemeanor crime, as in the case as in the case for marijuana flower. Uh, conversely, a, a failed 2021 bill sought to ban the sale of Delta-8 and other THC synthetically derived from hemp since the, since the bill's author believes, like the state health department, the substance is already illegal. Finishing up his senior year in high school, Miles works weekends at the local barbecue restaurant, and he's trying to decide on a major at his community college um, in the fall, he is also waiting to see if he will be in, in indicted after his arrest in October. Several teachers wrote the principal advocating leniency, uh, each describing Miles as a model student who made a mistake, still being s sorry, still being still still being he just made a mistake feeling as though he made a mistake still being caught with a suspected felony drug on campus he was expelled for 30 days and sent to a disciplinary school for the rest of the fall semester miles mom amy leon uh said she doesn't want her kids smoking and said she and said she and her husband uh grounded miles after the arrest but but more than that, she is livid that the school handed her child off to police for what she deems overly harsh treatment. She's been pushing the school since to add more, uh, more preventative programming to help kids instead of tossing them in jail. And, obvious, and she says, obviously, he shouldn't be doing this on school grounds. But shoot, this is intense, Leon said. If he was rolling a joint in the school, it would have, it, it would have been a lot better. Time, Jason. Oh, man. 
All right. Well, that's that's it. I mean, it's it's it, this is a tragic story. I apologize, guys, but this is I agree. This is this is just in, insane to me that these cops are even paying these kids a hundred dollars to snitch on each other, and they can't even figure out if it's fucking Delta Eight or whatnot. His it's yeah, sad. his life's gonna be ruined. It's in his senior year, and yeah. all this yeah. is and the fact that in anybody who's been down in Texas, I know we don't have either of our Texas correspondents on today, Stone or uh, Liz Grow. Like every fucking gas station in Texas, you can buy all kinds of that shit. That's and what they're they saying. They don't. They don't card you. They don't do nothing. This it, it, it is fucked up, man. But this it, is it, what it, happens when the cops step in for what looks like a deterrence model. Um, they have if they have probable cause to take you away. Uh, they have discretion to do that, and they decided to exercise discretion to put them in handcuffs and drag them out so the whole goddamn school is watching. The triad in, in criminal justice is punishment, deterrence, and rehabilitation. This is all about deterrence. The DAs are going, you ain't got no fucking results. We don't know what this is. It could be shit they scraped out of a chicken coop, okay, just because it had a little flour on it. So they fall apart. This is all about the cops. I told you before, they're the junkyard dogs. We need them a lot. But in this case, you turn the junkyard dogs lock uh, on a problem that we don't want kids doing. They come in and they kick the shit out of you. They don't do this with a soft touch. They need more counselors on campus, drug intervention people. Anybody caught should go have a chat with someone. You bring your parents in. You're, you're vaping nicotine. It's no better for you. In fact, it's worse than vaping THC. There should be a system here. They don't want to spend money there. We got a problem. Let's have the cops come in and kick the shit out of a couple of kids. They'll stop doing this. Well, that's what they're doing. It doesn't fix the problem. It's definitely not fixing the problem because how it sounds in the rest of the article, it talks to, at the school. It talks about how um, if you're caught with like one vape pen, um, then, then they then they can have the assumption. But if you're caught with multiple vape pens, then they automatically assume that you're selling them. And then it becomes a RICO claim, right? Because you're obviously working with people. It yeah. could. It could. Especially if they're getting paid $100 to snitch. That's disgusting. That's a lot of money to a high schooler. Yeah, I know to buy him a couple of vape pens, but it's just the concept's disgusting. It is. Oh man, well, thank you guys all so much. Uh, we want to always make sure to bring you the most up to date stuff with what's happening around the country. I apologize for that story being so long, but I was not the writer of it. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at nine a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters out there for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent free in your minds. Huge thank you to True Classic, iSpire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC for always rocking with us. Thank you to our correspondents for being absolutely amazing. Thank you to Cannabis for giving us a reason all to do this. Oh, yeah, Cannabis Sativa L. That's right. Whether you think it's hemp or whether you think it's cannabis, it's all the same thing. Thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and Zaza Simone Brown holding us down in Clubhouse. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show. Run it out. Bye. <laughs> Every day.